uh, disclaimer or clarification, I did throw a curveball to everybody because it is incomplete. The story is incomplete. Uh, if you want to read the whole story that I based my sermon on, you have to read Acts 16, verses 11 through 40. So I know that... Ooh, I'm boomy. If, uh, I know that if, uh, if I will read all those verses by verse 20, you, I will be lost. You know, you will be like... You know, and me too. So that's the reason I caught it. So sorry, Kendall. But, but, but uh, you did a great job, and I hope that you can bring the thing again so we can do this together. This is the Word of God, uh, Acts 16, and the pieces that Kendall was mentioning. So uh, starting on verses 13, and I'm going to be jumping here and there. On the Sabbath, we went out to the city gate to the riverbank, where we thought there might be a place for prayer. We sat down and began to talk with the women who had gathered. One of those women was Lydia, a gentle God-worshipper from the city of Thyatira, a dealer of purple cloth. As she listened, the Lord enabled her to embrace Paul's message. One day, when we were on the way to the place of prayer, we met a slave woman. She had a spirit that enabled her to predict the future. She made a lot of money for her owners through fortune-telling. She began following Paul and us, shouting, These people are servants of the Most High Lord and God. They are proclaiming a way of salvation to you. The crowd joined in attacks against Paul and Silas, so the authorities ordered that they be stripped of their clothes and, beat, and beaten with the, rod, with the rod. When Paul and Silas had been severely beaten, the authorities threw them into prison and ordered the jailer to secure them with great care. All at once, there was such a violent earthquake that it shook the prison's foundation. The doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. When the jailer awoke and saw the open doors of the prison, he thought the prisoner had escaped. So he drew his sword and was about to kill himself. But Paul shouted loudly, Don't harm yourself. We are all here. This is the word of God for the people of God. Let us pray. God, we give you thanks once again that we are all gathered in this place. I pray that you use me as your instrument, that everything I'm just about to say come from you and be for the glory of your name and the edification of your church. Inspire us and continue to talk to us through your Holy Spirit. In your name we pray. Amen. Now, I know that many of you, uh, if you have, uh, well, all of you have a TV, right? But when the, the commercials come, I bet that you skip them. Either you mute them, if you have a DVR, you kind of, you know, jump over them. If you watch Netflix or Amazon or any other, you know, HBO or something, there is no, there is no commercial, so we are spoiled. So commercials are not something to be, uh, you know, attracted to, right? Well, today is your lucky day, uh, or not. <laughs> I'm going to be showing you a couple of commercials. Uh, the first one is kind of silly and very funny, and it's going to kind of set us up to kind of explain this passage that I just read. So let us, let us see this commercial. A triangle solo? Surprising. What's not surprising? How much money Sam and Joanna saved by switching to Geico. Ow! 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. All right. 
hope one of these days the, the people who ring the bell will do that. You know, a bell solo, that would be fun. So surprising, right? It is silly to think that a guy on a triangle and a whole full orchestra will, you know, start to do his solo and do that, you know, that kind of a rock and roll type of thing. It is silly to think. It is surprising to think. But then, let us think about this. What, what would be the Geico commercial for the passage that I just read, or the pieces of, of, of the passage that I just read? What, what, what do you imagine you think? I think it will, it will be like this. A Pharisee talking with a woman, a slave, and a Gentile? Surprising. What is not surprising is God's love for everyone. Right? Something like that, I guess. I don't know. I'm not a marketer, so you can tell, right? I'm glad I'm a pastor. <laughs> so just as, again, it's as silly to think that a man with a triangle is going to do his solo, it is just as silly to think that a Pharisee, somebody like Paul, would uh, talk, to, again, to a woman to a Gentile, and to a Pharisee. Now, to, for us to understand that, what, you know, kind of the background of the story, let me give this detour. So at the time of Jesus and at the time of Paul and even before, uh, there were uh, oral traditions that, uh, made by rabbis, and they were type of interpretations and uh, codes uh, that, that, or, or commentaries on the law, Right? And uh, these commentaries on the law, uh, they were uh, highly practiced around uh, the Jewish people in, 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 in pious circles, such as Pharisees, Sadducees, and the like. And eventually, in the destruction of the temple in 70, they all codified it, they wrote it down, and now, now it's called the Mishnah. So there's a lot of, a lot of uh, again, commentaries and, and subtitles, if you will, on the law. Now, one of the parts of that old tradition is about, uh, maybe if I walk this way, let me, let me do this, let me do this. What about this? Maybe that? Maybe, maybe a move away? Move it up, all right. Maybe that's better? Okay, there you go. I just project. There you go. Uh, all right, so part of the Mishnah, part of the historical tradition, has a uh, part of prayers and blessings, it's called, all right? And so a prayer, there's a particular prayer and a blessing that a man like Saul, right before he became Paul, uh, would have known, all right? And this person would have prayed this prayer every single morning as he uh, would wake up and put his clothes on, he will be saying these words. When he puts his belt, he recites the blessing. Who girds Israel with strength. When he puts on his shoes, he recites the blessing. That you have made for me all what I need. When he goes to leave onto the road, he recites the blessing. Who prepares the steps of a man. A man should recite these blessings every day. Blessed are you, Lord, our God, King of the universe, who has not made me a Gentile. Blessed are you, Lord, our God, King of the universe, who has not made me a woman. Blessed are you, Lord, our God, King of the universe, who has not made me a slave. Blessed are you, Lord, our God and King, because you have not made me a Gentile, because you have not made me a woman, because you have not made me a slave. And this would have been a common prayer for Saul. 
every single morning as he was preparing to go out. He was a pious man, and he said, you know, I, I, I will recite this because this is reflecting of my faith. This is what I'm supposed to be doing, right? So from Saul's perspective, this reciting of this prayer, it was shown of his commitment to God, right? He was shown that, that he loved God so much that he would be all that he could and give thanks to bless God because, again, he was not a Gentile, a woman, or a slave. And even though in, uh, he was going to even say more in Philippians 3, 5 through 6, he says, I was circumcised in the eighth day. I am from the people of Israel and the tribe of Benjamin. I'm a Hebrew of the Hebrews with respect of serving the law. I'm a Pharisee with respect to devotion of the faith. I harass the church with respect of the righteousness under the law. I'm blameless. And he was a proud man. He was a, man, he was a Jew of the Jews, right? And again, this, this prayer for him was to protect God from, uh, from all those people, to protect the holiness, right? To say, you know, if you want to take it really this seriously, it takes more than just, you know, here God, I am here. It takes a little bit more than that. But, but let me, so that is from Saul's perspective. But now let us think about from God's perspective. What is God seeing? And God seeing people, sheep without a shepherd. Right? God is seeing people led astray by a man in Rome that claims to be God, who claims to be the Savior of the world, who claims to be the Son of the gods. God is seeing people pursuing the divine and trying to understand the divine, but they go and ask to Apollo, to Osiris, to Mars, to any other god. They want to understand the will of, 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 of the divine, and they go to Delphi, for instance, which is not far from Philippi, which they were uh, doing work in there. There was uh, famous oracles in there that will predict the future. And even Del Delphi was uh, uh, thought of the uh, center of the universe. So God is seeing, again, people trying to find God. And the people that were supposed to take them to God, they're putting these barriers. Right? They're praying, thank you, God, because I'm not one of those. There's the one supposed to be priests to the world they have created a schasm, a big, big, big dip. But God so loved the world, let me say that again, the world, the, the word, the world, right? Because God is seeing from outside, he's seeing from this perspective. And God loves the world that he sent his son, he sent Jesus Christ to save us all. And then Saul has this experience that we all know. He's struck down. He's uh, blind. And after three days, he sprayed over. His eyes are open. Scales come out of his eyes. He has a new vision. He understands now 
that instead of praying, thank you that I am not that, and now he's praying, God send me to the Gentiles. God send me to the women. God send me to the slaves. It's a completely different, a completely different person. Even his, his name is changed. And again, come back to the Philippians passage. He says, you know, I, am, I was a Hebrew of Hebrews. I was the, uh, you know, a tribe of Benjamin and so on and so forth. But I said, but I count all of this as loss. Even in, in the, work in, the word in Greek is like animal dung. I, it's just manure for me. It's for me. That, that is what it means, all that. And I give it up all for the sake of gaining Christ. So now you start to see that when a Pharisee, a people, a person like Saul, like now Paul, comes to talk to Lydia, man, that is big news. It's surprising, right? But because he comes to talk to Lydia, now she's fully included into the family of God, right? And not only her, but all her family. She does not have to be only in the outskirts of the faith because she was a God worshiper. So that means that she was uh, uh, trying to get into the synagogue and trying to follow the Jewish traditions, but she was in the outskirts. But now she was fully integrated. Now she was fully part. Then she goes on. Well, he goes on. And there's another, another sermon in there, you know, uh, with a slave woman. If you read it, uh, Paul is annoyed by her because every time you are the, you are this, you are the, you are the servants of the Most High. He's, uh, the, the scripture says that he gets annoyed and liberates her. Now that woman, slave, is freed from that spirit, free from exploitation, free to renew and do something else with her life. That is why the owners of that woman get so upset with her, with him, and that is why they throw him into, into jail. And then in the jail, they are singing, they are beaten, but they are singing, and that earthquake comes, the chains break, and the jailer, a Roman jailer, think that, man, they are all gone. And then he throw he throws his sword to kill himself. And why? Because he's going to die anyway. Because he responds to all these people who escaped. So we might as well. And if he dies, his family probably will be okay. If he does not die, most likely his family will lose everything. So he's about to do, kill himself. And Paul says, no, hold it. We are here. And then he talks to him. And not only he accepts Jesus Christ, but all his family is baptized that, that night. A Pharisee changed by the power of God who used to pray, Blessed are you, God, because I am not a gentle woman or a slave. Now he's going into them and praying with them and transforming their lives in the name of God. And now he's going to the Gentile, he's going to the women, he's going to the slaves. That is amazing. Amen? That is amazing. Now, let me ask you this question. So today for us, what is our prayer? Thank you, God. Blessed are you, God, because you don't make me a woman. Because you don't make me a man. 
Thank you, God. Blessed because you didn't make me an immigrant. Because you didn't make me black. Because you didn't make me white. Because you didn't make me gay or straight. Because you didn't make me poor or homeless. Uh, today is our last uh, installment of our sermon series, Resolved. In our church is resolved to be a multi-ethnic congregation, a vital, con- vital multi-ethnic congregation, where people from all backgrounds, no matter what, no matter whom, they are all here welcomed, they are all here loved. Amen? We are resolved to be that. Amen? Amen. But it's going to take us to go deep inside ourselves and ask, our, and ask to ourselves, be honest with ourselves and say, maybe sometimes I do pray. Maybe not consciously, maybe not out loud. But I do pray at times. We all have prayer in one way or another, at one time or other in our, in our lives. Similar as, as Saul used to pray. But that is from our perspective. Now, from God's perspective in our day to day, I think that God is seeing again people, sheep without shepherd, right? Where people are looking for God, trying to find something else beyond themselves. And I have uh, shown you many other <laughs> commercials, if you will. I have shown you about the one with the Starbucks and the tea. I have shown you about the uh, apple with Frankenstein. I think I did it too. But there's another one, and that really gets me. This one that I'm going to show you. And, and then we wrap it up. Because now they are even using our words. They're using uh, what we are supposed to be about. And that kind of gets me. So let us watch it, and let us wrap this up. golden rule. So now people even are looking at Marriott and looking for the golden rule. So today I pray that our scales in our eyes can come down. Amen. I pray that today we can say to God, come and cleanse us of our misperceptions and preconceptions and give us new sight. Come and fix us, O Lord. Come and fix my soul, my heart, my mind. Come and fix me, O oh Lord. 
And I have a question for you. The world is seeking. You see that. The world is seeking. The world is hurting around us. Let me ask you, all of us, has God come to our lives? Amen? Can you say that God has come into your lives? No? Yes? Yes, God has come to our lives. And has God shattered our walls around? Yes. Has God given us a new sight? Yes. And if so, then each morning let us pray. Send me to those who... I mean, it's hard to, to go with. Send me to those who need you the most. Send me to preach the good news. Here I am, Lord. Send me to tell them that you have fixed the world. That we don't need any Marriott. We don't need any Apple. We don't need anything but you. Let me go and tell them. You have fixed us all. Amen? And then, my brothers and sisters, then, that will be truly surprising. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.